0: Welcome to Kicked Back, a home for football fans that want to stay up to date on everything going on in the football world. Join Caroline, Liam, and some special guests along the way as they talk about all the trending news around leagues, players, teams, and much more. Now, all you got to do is get comfortable and kick back, because we're about to get started. What's up, Kicked Back listeners? We're here for episode three, and Caroline and Liam here with you. Liam, what's poppin'? Not much.
2: I made a bit of an issue this morning with Uh myself when I had my morning coffee. So what'd you do? So I'm, I like my coffees with a little bit of flavor.
0: Yeah, me too. And
2: today when I was in the the drive through, the lady goes to me, I order my coffee and she goes, do you want an espresso shot with that? And I was like, Hmm, I've never done that before. (laughs) So so I thought, yeah, I'll do that. So I got it. I thought, Oh, this will kind of give me a Kick, yeah, kicking the butt, yeah, because we're on kicked back, yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I needed. So <laughs> I started drinking this coffee, and I'm like, This is terrible, just the taste, it was horrible. Oh no, I couldn't stand it at all. So I suffered my way through this coffee, which was supposed to give me some life, and it just made me a little bit upset about my decision. Oh no, to start the day. So I'm fine, I'll get through it, but that's how. I'm I'm okay.
0: I think one of the worst things is when you're really excited about a meal or a drink, and you try something new, and it does not even come close to your expectations, and it's a letdown. I understand that, and I think it's a very underrated feeling.
2: Yes, definitely. (laughs) So actually, this is a this brings back a little football story I have actually. Yes, let's start the episode off with a story. I love it. So in England, when you order a pizza, you say, "Can I have a cheese and tomato pizza?" Okay, and it just means. A cheese pizza but you get the tomato sauce
0: okay underneath it that's the, yeah, it's remains it's the just, same. okay
2: it's like every pizza has it okay. but in england you ask for it so <laughs> so when i first moved here originally in 2007 i was at boston peace for my birthday actually ac milan were playing in the champions league semifinal i believe it was against united okay so i'm watching this game with my dad in boston pizza and my sister and my <laughs> mom and i say to the lady i was like can i have a cheese and tomato pizza She's like, yep, oh no God. problem. So I don't like tomatoes. They I put like
0: tomatoes all over that bad
2: boy. Chunks. <laughs> so many chunks. And I just sat there <laughs> the entire time just picking them off. But oh they weren't no. like big circles. They were literally like little dice. Hey? And I was like, oh man, this was a mistake. Little 11-year-old Liam made.
0: I feel like you need to make a little handbook for us North Americans if they ever want to venture over to England. Yeah, what What we wouldn't. Yeah, what not to do and how to order. Because for example, I probably would just order a cheese. I love cheese pizza. And I think just it's the, the dough. it's the goat of all, yeah. just, you know, less is more
2: sometimes. I agree. And you know what I do? I get extra cheese in my cheese pizza. I get
0: easy cheese. I'm the opposite. Oh, okay. I, try yeah. that one day. Cause easy I used cheese. to be an extra cheese kind of girl. Then I got married and my husband loves easy cheese. Okay. And I love it. And now I'm like, that's my go-to. And I also soak my pizza and ranch.
2: I do that too. Do you? But okay. Only when I go to blaze blaze. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, Maybe, a maybe pizza, uh, pizza
0: 73 will sponsor our podcast here yes. in a second. <laughs> okay, let's talk football. Uh, we were just saying off-camera, guys, that watching the Super Cup final, it was a treat because we get to watch and take notes at the same yeah. time and look forward to the fact that we get to talk football the next day and what a treat that is for us. So for those football fans who weren't able to watch it, Liam, Liam and I have you covered. And yeah, Liam, let's just start off with the fact that Real Madrid is picking up right where they left off from last season and arguably the best club in the world.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's just talent all over the (laughs) field. Like it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. They didn't make any massive signings this summer. Like they got the French kid who we'll talk about shortly. But besides that, like the team is also almost so good. Like even Rudiger couldn't get into Mm -hmm. the team this time. And they're just such a fun team to watch. Just the it, whatever way you like to watch the game, like going forward when you have Ben Zemmer and uh, Vinicius Jr. down there just said their yeah, chemistry is so good. The midfield three, which we're going to yep. talk about. And like the future coming off the bench, just the utter domination. Like it almost felt like they, and everybody obviously knew this, they were going to win the game before mm-hmm. the ball had even been kicked. And they, yeah. they kind of
0: nonchalantly won the game, I guess, I, in a way. I love that you say that. I feel like Real Madrid at times plays this slow burn yeah, football.
2: Yeah, 100%. And then
0: all of a sudden, because I don't want to take anything against away from, from Frankfurt because I do think that they tried. They played aggressive. Too. They came into the game trying to bring the competition to Real Madrid. But... There's just something about the style that Real Madrid has. It's not fancy and flashy football, mm. but they are a well oiled machine that when they stick to their game plan, when they execute that game plan, and when they stick to what they know and they're the best at the world at, they're they're unstoppable. And that's exactly what Frankfurt faced.
2: Yeah. And we even saw in the Champions League last year, like mm-hmm. against Chelsea and then against Manchester City as well. Like you can't take a second off. You can't because they will just capitalize it doesn't matter what the score is Mm -hmm. like they will find a way and it's it just makes them a different beast compared to the other teams and I I was thinking about it while I was watching I was like okay who's going to compete with them for the Champions League probably City I would assume yeah depending on how things go like I watched the PSG game against Claremont the other day and it's different because it's not to the Claremont weren't as good, obviously, but like they'll probably compete but I keep thinking it's like, but Real Madrid just know. They just know how to do it and it's the same guys every year that yep. are just winning it.
0: Well, that Super Cup title was their fifth win, yeah. uh, which now ties them with record holders AC Milan and Barcelona and when you think about it, we saw that exact same starting 11 in the Champions League final that we did in the Super Cup final.
2: I actually liked how both managers did that because I, I believe it, it was the same one for Frankfurt too, which just shows like the respect of like, hey, yep. okay, you won it, now go do it again. Exactly
0: and I love that about Real Madrid. I also love that from Ancelotti because he knows he has probably the best core group of guys Mm. that when he puts that starting 11 on the pitch they are going to get the job done. Now Frankfurt is coming off of that 6-1 blowout from Bayern so I wonder if they entered the match with almost that stigma of okay we have something to prove and maybe not as confident where Real Madrid is literally coming off of an unbelievable season and like I said at the beginning of our show picking up right where they left off.
2: Yeah, and I think on the Frankfurt end of things, they probably thought too, like, okay, like this can't get worse. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> like true. We, it's it was tough for them last week against Bayern Munich. Like, and I think especially disappointing after the su- success yeah. about winning the Europa League and now you have the Champions League to look forward to to lose 6-1 I think they had a bit of like okay we do belong in this game yeah they played well they had the first chance of the game which they should have scored on Uh, Kamada I believe his name was their midfielder played a good game yeah we liked him yeah they did well on that one but then it just seemed like after that was and that was pretty early in the game I believe 10 to 15 minutes in like it was kind of a bit of a wake-up call yeah. from Madrid, dribbling like okay now we'll have a go and like Vinicius Junior had a shot played <laughs> off a right? the line it was just they're like, like
0: okay now it's time to get serious two yeah. things I mean one if Frankfurt would have scored that goal I feel like the game could have changed yeah definitely Second thing, the one thing that I loved about Real Madrid when Frankfurt tried to press and maybe try and get into into the attacking third, Real Madrid was so good at shutting it down quickly defensively and then connecting that first pass when they won the ball defensively. Mm -hmm. They are so systematic and they excel at that, system. I mean, to me, it's just such a joy to watch because again, we love to watch to the teams that of course are super technical and fancy and flashy. Barcelona back in the day was a team that I loved to watch uh, that played that style of football, but watching Real Madrid just play quick, one-touch football. And, you know, we'll go into the conversation of Benzema in a second, but watching him and Vinny Jr. play together and that connection that they have, just playing quickly with speed, power, and efficiency, when those two can catch a back line off guard, There's no chance. And we saw that even with a nice quick give and go against Frankfurt. There was a play where I was just like, I think Vinny Jr. played it into Benzema and Benzema spun off of his Mm -hmm. uh, defender or maybe it was vice versa. And I was just like that. It's just textbook. And it's such a joy to watch because it's not easy to do. But Real Madrid and some of their core players make it so easy
2: um, we were texting about this yesterday, too. And I said to you, it was like, it's it's disappointing that Ben Zem is so old. Yes. Because now 34. we don't get to see this for the next 10 years. It's like, ah, this would have been great. Like, they could have probably gone down as, like, one of the best duos to ever play together. <laughs> but, like, they probably still will yep. be regarded in that category. But I think they'll always be an honorable mention. Of Unless, course. of course, they go in, like, another two or three Champions Leagues together. And they'll obviously go up. But it's it's so fun and Vinny jr is so electrifying right like I, I every guys. time he gets into space like it's just like okay like what's he gonna do now and I feel like he he's got so much better at his execution mm-hmm. as well and like I remember watching him a couple of years ago and just kind of one of those Brazilian guys who does all these stepos and everything I was like, okay but what's happening when you're doing all this and now it's like okay, every time he gets the ball, it's like, okay, well, this could could create a chance here.
0: And I just feel like between him and Benzema... Uh, Vinny Jr. has that capability of doing the stepovers and getting a little bit more creative on the ball where Benzema is just a clinical finisher, right and I think the balance between the two is what makes them so good and I made a TikTok the other day on the 90th minute if you guys haven't followed the 90th minute on TikTok and all social media platforms please go do so but I I mentioned some of the best duos we're going to see this season KDB and Holland and then uh, maybe Pedri and Lewandowski of Hmm. Barcelona get their their you know ducks in a row but yeah Vinny Jr. and Benzema are in that conversation and I just feel like they haven't skipped a beat
2: yeah and the La Liga starts this weekend I'm gonna watch a lot more La Liga than I think me too in the past like I'm excited yep. and I think a reason why I maybe didn't watch it as much is Barcelona's drop-off I guess like Messi's not there now and like yeah and they might even have a bigger drop-off this year like you said if they I don't, agree. can't sign anybody I, don't, I hope not but it's it's an exciting time I think for the bigger teams, like the Champions League now is is going to be very competitive with the teams we listed before. And like, should we talk about the goals quickly? Like, I feel like that was just the second, the first goal. So it was just pure, like, okay, we've broken them down, yep. broken them down. Now they've shut off for a second. Mm-hmm. Now there's a goal. Like, great play by Casemiro just to put that back across Casimiro's the Alba. So good. Yeah, he was. Should we talk about him quickly? Uh, too? You know like, what? I,
0: yeah, let's talk about him. We we have the whole midfield as a conversation in our show, because Real Madrid's trio is unbelievable, but Casemiro, he he just does all the dirty work and gets that ball, plays that ball, gets his head up and, and, and is a very smart footballer. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's almost in a sense. I know that, Chuameni, who's, we'll talk about him in a second, he's essentially probably going to be built to take on Casemiro's role, but I don't think Casemiro is replaceable. He just does so much hard, dirty work for Real Madrid.
2: Yeah. And he's, like you said, he's so different. He allows Modric and Toni Kroos to be free yeah. and do what they do and make, that's what makes that trio so special is he's, he's essentially the Busquets to what yep. Iniesta, uh, Iniesta and Xavi had forever. And that trio is just it was it was cool watching them yesterday. They move so in sync together, like they're just all on the same wavelength. Yep. They know exactly which where they need to be, and like the next two guys, Chuehmany and Kamavinga, like they're going to be taught that exact one because they'll probably be the replacements yeah. for Cruz and Modric eventually, exactly. and it'll still be Casemiro there. So those two are exciting players, and. I don't even know what else to say about them. It just is so, so, so good to watch.
0: Casemiro to me is like that quarterback, right? Does a lot of that dirty work. Cruz is just a phenomenal passer. And then you got Modric, who's in the conversation as being one of the best midfielders of all time. They mentioned it in the broadcast, if you're watching the game, how he is the best player in the world to play the ball with the outside of his foot. And that's a hard skill to mm. attain as a footballer, to be able to do that. And we saw, I think it was in the Champions League uh, against Chelsea, if my yeah, memory serves me correctly where he found Benzema in the box with that outside of his foot.
2: I think that was a Stan- at Stanford Bridge. Yeah, I think really, it yeah. was
0: incredible. So yeah. then you have these three guys all excelling in different areas of the game and you put them together and they make the best midfield trio in in my opinion, in football right now. And we can compare them to others of the past. I mean, obviously the first thing that comes to anyone's mind, if they've watched football is Iniesta, Xavi and mm. Busquets. Uh, for me personally, it was Seydorf, Gattuso and Pirlo, which is also crazy because Ancelotti oh, coached the them. That team, so yeah. I sometimes I'm watching the game and I'm laughing to myself. I'm like, it's gotta be Christmas morning every single day for Ancelotti, knowing that he has those guys in the midfield. Yeah. And then also at AC Milan where he had so much success, he had Seydorf, Pirlo and Gattuso because that was an iconic midfield in itself.
2: It's funny because you, you have to imagine Ancelotti and ha- Ancelotti managing those three guys yeah. has benefited this next three. Like, of the course. More, like there's gotta be some similarities there that he's taught them and like helped them progress. And like, that's why they're so successful. Like we saw the same success of AC Milan, not as many champions leagues and all that stuff, but Ancelotti has just been so fortunate to manage the teams he has, but also (laughs) they've been fortunate to have him.
0: Love that point. I I totally agree with that. I actually have that written exactly in my notes that, Chuameni and Kemavinga and any of the other youth players that are in the Real Madrid camp right now are fortunate to have Ancelotti as the manager because of course like I said Ancelotti will will put the best starting 11 on the pitch and his core guys but he will also take time to develop Mm -hmm. this young talent and get them ready for that role when it comes time to be that starting 11 for Real Madrid and you know I don't think that they're is a better manager to kind of balance the weight of all that. I know a lot of fans were wishing that Chuameni and Kemavinga had some more time in the I, Frankfurt game.
2: I was. I was I was looking forward to seeing Chiuameni play but a little bit more. But
0: I think that'll come. I think that'll come with Ancelotti. I think he also wanted to get another Super Cup title under his belt, mm. which I don't blame him. Be a little selfish because that was his fourth Super Cup final win which he was the first manager to do that so to win full yeah first wow. manager to win four uefa super cup finals first manager to win four champions league finals first manager to win a league title in each of europe's top five divisions i mean wild, isn't it, it is wild and yeah. to me i think that there's a lot of respect for carlo ancelotti but when you sometimes talk about the conversation of the best managers for me at least in my opinion he's kind of forgotten about he and i don't i don't know now. why.
2: Yeah, cause the, I think when people think about it, it's like Ferguson. Yes, for sure. Um, Pep Guardiola. And then like there's a couple other guys. Like Clopster. Mourinho. Yeah, Mourinho. Mourinho, yeah. He's another one that's kind of <laughs> like <laughs> fading away a little bit now. And he just won another trophy. I know. With well, Roma. We like, have
0: to do an episode on Serie A. Yeah. We need to give Serie a some respect because yeah. Liam and I were saying it's up and coming again. Uh, and Mourinho... Roma fans love him, and he's done a lot of great things with Roma. So we we've got to maybe dedicate an episode to A.
2: Yeah, well, they kick off this weekend, so maybe even on Tuesday or Thursday we can dive into it. For sure, there's so many good teams now. Like both Milan teams are relevant again, which is great. Juventus, Napoli, Lazio, Roma, like Atalanta. There's seven teams right there. I think that's half the league, to be honest. Like it's good to see because I remember when I was growing up, like we kind of spoke about it on the first episode. Like A was was dominant. It was so, it was right up there with the Premier League for sure. And like they were winning Champions Leagues and like Inter Milan's Mourinho team and stuff like that. And, you know, and it's good to see them get back to that level.
0: Um, what were we up to? Yes, Ancelotti. Do you know that uh, he's uh, he's going to cheer for Canada in the World Cup? I, Because isn't his wife his, Canadian? Yeah, right. I believe his wife is from British Columbia, and he said since Italy's not at the World Cup, he'll be there in a Canada jersey. Oh, that's awesome. So we love him even more. Yes, yeah. yes, we have to. Yeah, we. it's <laughs> like major props to him. I mean, one of the greatest of all time is repping Canada hard, which I love.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was funny when I was looking through Ancelotti. Like, you look at all the teams <laughs> he's managed, and then it's like, it's like PSG, AC Milan, Napoli, Everton. it's so the <laughs> most. I kind of forget he was there for two years, and then he got hired by Real Madrid. Like it's just the most random, kind of like, oh yeah, like where can we get our next manager from? Like, oh, what's the Everton manager doing? It's like obviously it's Ancelotti, but it's just something you wouldn't expect. He like flies things.
0: under the radar. I don't yeah. know what it is about him. I the most like he to me is one of the most iconic managers for always having that. Resting B face.
2: And when he raises his yeah. eyebrow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He he has a little bit of the RBF. Um, <laughs> and I say that respectfully because I love him, but I think that it's also I feel like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I, I these guys know what they're him. doing. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all a, a part of the shtick.
2: It's actually funny. So I was I couldn't believe a stat, honestly, when I looked through, and it makes sense because Real Madrid cares so much about the Champions League. Real Madrid haven't won a back to back La Liga title. Since, so they won in 2007, and then they won again in 2008, and that was the last time.
0: That's crazy to me. It is. Considering I, the, su- the success that they have.
2: Yeah, and, and they're regarded as one of the best teams in the world every single year, but they only win their domestic league like every other year, which crazy. I guess like that's what happens when you play Barcelona in, in your league every year. But before that, it was 1985 to 1990, they won five straight and like that was the gap between back to back titles. So I think this year like he can really really cement his legacy if he's able to beat this new look Barcelona team with Lewandowski Which and Castry and yeah. And is La Liga is going to be fun this year because I feel like there's a lot There's the two teams at the top, Barcelona and Real Madrid, and then there's the other teams like Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, Real Batiste, Real Sociedad, like there's four teams right there that are going to be competing for Champions League. Then you also have like Valencia, maybe it'll be okay, and then Villarreal too. (laughs) went all the way to the semifinals of the Champions League, they're not even in the conversation in La Liga. So I think the big thing for Ancelotti and Real Madrid this year is securing that next La Liga title just to prove like, hey, like, we, we are, are the, the te- best team yeah. in Spain. And it doesn't matter if uh, Barcelona go out and by the world. Like we are the best team in Spain.
0: I, uh, I think that's a great point, Liam, because we already know they're the Kings of champions. League. they own the champions yeah. league. If you look at the statistics and how many champions league they've, how many finals they've gone to and how many finals they've won, they own it. Uh, It's a great point with Barcelona. If they can get their signings registered, you know, again, one of my favorite duos to look forward to is Pedri and Lewandowski. Uh, You know, what they can do there. And and, and I think that they can bring the heat to Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. The question is, is, is there a team to corrupt and maybe stop that systematic powerhouse that they have in terms of their game? Because when they are... Like I said, when their core group is locked and loaded, they are a well-oiled machine that I don't think any club in the world can compete with. So there needs to be a coach that comes in and has a game plan to stop that. Yeah. But it's also interesting with Real Madrid, like we were speaking to, you might think at the beginning of the game, they've kind of taken their foot off the pedal. And then when something happens, they, they capitalized.
2: It's almost, they just wait. You know, it's, it's so it's, interesting. You say, yeah. I agree. It's
0: like patient mm-hmm. and then, all right, we're going to destroy
2: you. I think it's a sign of belief is a big thing. Is like they, they know what they're capable of. It's they know they don't care if they're down to nothing. Like They'll come back and just win three, <laughs> three, three, two in the second hey, half. Hey
0: Benzema, we need two goals. Yeah, and they'll
2: figure it out. <laughs> Here's a question. Yeah. So Benzema became the second all time goal scorer yes. at Real Madrid yesterday. Passing am, Raul. Raul, is. Uh, so Ronaldo is 450 all-time yes. in 438 games, which is crazy. <laughs> Benzema is 324. But in the league, Ronaldo is 311. Okay. And Benzema is third in the league with 219. He's going to pass Raul at 228. Okay. Do you think by the time his, his time is done in Real Madrid, Benzema will be the all-time league scorer for Real
0: Remind Madrid? me of Ronaldo's number in the Three, league.
2: 311. Benzema has 219 almost
0: basically 100 goals
2: yeah about 100 goals so he'll probably need three and a half seasons four and he's 34 it's going to be tight
0: tight but okay so let's look at this stat Benzema registered a goal or assist every 89 minutes last season so when you like that's absurd (laughs) that That is is absolutely (laughs) absurd so when you think about that If this guy can stay healthy, obviously he's aging. His body is going to start, you know, wearing down Mm. a little, maybe giving up, but maybe not because he's one of the best footballers in the world. So I know that their recovery and the people they have around them are elite. So I wouldn't, I would say that he does it.
2: I think it's going to be extremely tight. I think this is kind of the storyline. So he'll get close. I think he'll have 30 this year. And then people will start talking about it a bit more and then there'll be a bit more momentum behind it. And I got a feeling he'll get, I think he'll get it, but I think it'll be really tight being like, Hey, like I'm done and I'm 15 goals away or something like that. Like this is my last season. I'm going to push for it. I feel like that's kind of a way I feel like it could go.
0: Uh, we, we again it's such a shame because we're seeing Benzema at the peak of his career at 34 years old I wish we had a few more years of this but maybe that in itself is just extremely motivating for him mm-hmm. uh, we saw the dominance he had in the last Champions League season 15 goals and 12 appearances in Champions League and those hat tricks against PSG and Chelsea Like that, that, that's not normal and that's on one of the biggest stages yeah. big players show up in big moments and Benzema has been doing that as of late so I wonder if he just keeps that momentum going and he's a guy that we see excel in the later years of his career i mean even that panenka he that penalty kick he took in in champions mm. league to do that on that stage the
2: confidence is high the
0: confidence yeah that's what i'm wondering if his mentality is just i ice cold right now and, and he's he almost he has something to prove but i wonder if People are like, ah, oh, he's old. He's getting old. He's not going to do it. Cristiano Ronaldo has is going to have the record, or whatever. He's just like, okay, I'm going to cruise my way into this.
2: The um, an interesting thing I I found because I, I was going to do a little bit of math here, and unfortunately for everybody at home, I didn't do it. Um, math. <laughs> I was going to do. I wanted to know how many goals Benzema scored off the back of a Ronaldo assist.
0: Oh, God, good for you. I I didn't do it. Y equals MX plus B. That's all I can tell you. Slope.
2: (laughs) I I looked at it and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So anyway, like I just did something else. So Benzema only scored 20 goals with Ronaldo in the team once. It only happened one time. And it was 2011 and 2012 when Real Madrid won the league. He started in 26 of those games, played 34 since Ronaldo left he's had twenty or more goals in the fourth season stream <laughs> it's weird because obviously everybody benefits from playing with Ronaldo, especially when he was in his prime, maybe not so much at the moment. <laughs> I am so curious to know like if Ronaldo had gone. A season or two before, like, where would Benzema be, like, on the world map? Like, right now, yes, he's regarded as, like, he's probably going to win the Ballon d'Or. Oh, my year.
0: God, if he doesn't, I'm going to ride. And
2: something's, yeah, something went wrong. Um, it's interesting to think, is like, did he benefit that much from playing with Ronaldo? And, like, the team was obviously different, and he was centered around Ronaldo, and now it's centered around Benzema. But it's it's interesting to mm-hmm. think about. I think because when he went to Real Madrid, he was like a young guy from League One. He was scoring all these goals for Leon, and now I'm not saying he had a bad time at Real Madrid. Like he, he twenty four goal. Uh, sorry, he scored 25, twenty five, twenty or most twenty or more twice. But ever, again, he was just kind of in the teens most of the time.
0: I always I always say this. Sometimes having too many superstars and too many egos on a team doesn't necessarily work out for the team or work out for an individual player. Maybe Benzema had the ability to be the guy all the time, but when Ronaldo's on your team, who's in the conversation as the greatest of all time, maybe it's a tough act to play against day in and day out. And now he has that ability to be in the conversation for the Ballon d'Or, in the conversation for one of the best number nines in the world, and right now maybe even the best footballer when he's doing all That he's doing in Champions League in La Liga, and now we can see the potential with France in the World Cup. It's
2: funny because he, he, like you said, like he's one of the best, probably win Ballon d'Or, but he feels so quiet like you never really hear about him. Like he scores these goals, and it's just, it feels like another day. It's like, oh, he did it. And like Lewandowski is kind of the same, but like you get like these (laughs) other guys, and I feel like his goals are never like highlight really. I know, he just. Just does the job. And that's what you want your striker to do. He's almost like an an old-fashioned striker where he just puts the ball in the net and goes back to the halfway line and tries to do it all again.
0: That's what I love about him and Vinny Jr. too, going back to those guys. I think that they are just having fun together. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, Ronaldo has that aggressive, like, power move after he scores. And I just think Benz... Yeah, the sue. (laughs) I just think that Benzema, when he scores a goal. He's just happy. And I don't necessarily think he goes home. I don't know him by any means, guys. This is just a speculation. I don't know if he goes home and he's like, okay, that's another check mark in the Ballon d'Or comment. I think he's just like, okay, I'm 34 years old. I'm peaking at a later year in my career and I'm, playing the best football I've ever had. So I'm just going to enjoy it.
2: Yeah. It, <laughs> that's how I would approach <laughs> For some it. some reason when you said that, have you ever seen the Twitter account was like boring James Milner?
0: No. <laughs> it's,
2: it's just like, great game today. Went home, had a coffee, went to bed, see you all in the morning. That's it's hilarious. Like, tweets like that. And that's some reason I just imagine like, Benzema going home is like a very regular life. Right. And like, he doesn't have this massive house. He makes his herbal like, tea. Yeah. And he's just like tucks in yeah. and watches like the OC or something like right.
0: that. Has Werther's was, original yeah. on the couch next to him. Weeks we should the, start a boring Benzema account. Yeah,
2: Wakes up in the morning, walks his Yorkshire Terrier around the block and then goes home and gets to practice on time. Nothing crazy.
0: One last <laughs> thing I want to say about Benzema. I think that he has... There's a lot of reasons why he is where he is right now in his career. I think that he's matured as a footballer and his experience has obviously grown and the quality of what he does is world class. But he has this ability that in a split second he can adjust himself to be in a proper position to hit a ball, to score a goal, to make the pass and I that's something you can't teach. That's mm-hmm. like just Benzema in Benzema's skill set and talent set. In his past, uh, in his goal with Vinnie Junior's assist to him against Frankfurt, if you watch, there's a split second where he kind of moves his body back or changes the direction of his. I don't know how to say it properly, but he kind of does like a shuffle step to properly adjust his body to hit that ball at the right time and the right place of the ball. And when you watch that as someone who's played, I'm like, this guy is so aware of everything around him you know the timing of his run the bo- the positioning of his body the contact that he makes with the ball it's what makes him next level. Mm-hmm. And that's why I am the number one. I'm the president of the Benzema to win Ballon d'Or club. Maybe the CEO at this point to me, there's no competition. I know a lot of other fans are going to hit me with Messi, Lewandowski. Trust me. I'm also a very big Lewandowski fan, but it's a lock for Benzema. And if he doesn't win it come October, it's very clear that this entire process is rigged. I think it's already clear with Leva being <laughs> robbed once or twice, but even Messi's agreeing that there's no debate. I I
2: don't think it's close. Like, I would have loved to have seen Lewandowski finally get one and just kind of put the haters away. But like you said, Champions League winner, La Liga winner, <laughs> 27 goals in La Liga, most, right? by, most of his career at 33, 12 assists on the season, tied for most of his career. He deserves it. I don't think there's a conversation, but I will fire you with this quick question on Real Madrid. How do you think, do you think they'll win the league first? Yes. Yes. Yeah,
0: I'm going to put my vote in, yes.
2: And second one, I feel like I already know the answer. Are they your favorite to win the Champions League again this season? Or do you see somebody else coming in? If so, who?
0: You know what? Based on last season, based on their performance against Frankfurt, I'm not betting against a team that is so skillful but plays... So efficiently, I think that's the word for Real Madrid. They're so efficient. One-touch football, quick, powerful, skillful, uh, works as a unit. The best midfield in the world right now. I'm never betting against a team with an exceptional midfield because that is the core of your team. I say they win La Liga. I say they win Champions League. And I think Carlo Ancelotti uh, freaking becomes... Cements his legacy at that point.
2: Yeah, I um am... I'm I'm on the Champions League uh, sorry the La Liga train because I just think Barcelona's a shambles and I don't want them to win. <laughs> um, and secondly, for the Champions League, I honestly think it's City's year.
0: City, hey. I, well,
2: I think it is. I just they it feels like and like they had Aguero obviously, but this team's better now than it was back then with Aguero. Now they have Holland. I just I got that feeling that it's like okay they. They're going to do it. And just the way they played against West Ham on I know Sunday, it, was, it felt like dominance.
0: Well, last podcast episode, I said that, you know, City's going to have a really good run in the Champions League. I, I definitely think that they are up there to compete for the Champions League. It would just be such a treat as a football fan in us, Liam, who get to talk about the game, to watch De Bruyne and Holland and then Vinny Jr. and Benzema, potentially, those two duos we've been talking about all episode long play each other.
2: I would love to see them play in the final. Yeah. Oh, I, would I mean, I love to see, and this is my favorite thing about sports is when the underdog, which would be City, like slay the dragon in Real Madrid. Like, I love seeing that. And like, that's how you kind of take it over. That's how you overcome all your haters. And it's like, okay, well, we beat the team that's been winning this whole thing. And I, I would really like City to get over that hump now. Like in the past, I've not always been the biggest fan of the way they just kind of bought everything immediately. But now it's that like, okay, you've cemented like we are a great team. We can dominate our own domestic league, and now it's time for Guardiola, Holland, De Bruyne, the whole gang to go and win the Champions League. I think.
0: I think it would be iconic for sure. Mm. I uh, I think Pep might have a. God forbid a heart attack if that (laughs) happened, but he'd look like a a legend if he did, because I I've said this since Holland's joined man city, since that news broke that he might be the answer to all of peps prayers. Not just, not just him because there's a lot of amazing players around him, but he is that addition that De Bruyne, if he can play with and start to even get more comfortable together, that is a dream. And I said this last podcast, too, for Kevin De Bruyne as a, as a center mid to be able to feed a player like that, that probably... <laughs> I don't know, nine times out of ten has a solid chance of finishing it. I, how do you compete against that? Yeah, but then like, Real Madrid has an unbelievable goalkeeper. <laughs> so, I don't know. The conversation keeps going back and forth.
2: That's the thing, too. Like We never even spoke about Courtois and like so that save he made right at the start of the game Like made the difference in the game, you can yep. almost say. And maybe that's the difference in the Champions League and why they keep winning. But, yeah, I would so to finish it. We both agree Real Madrid is going to win La, La Liga. Liga. I'm gonna go with City for Champions League right now until we can yeah. kind of see the groups, which we're very close of doing. There's only one more step in the Champions League till we get the groups, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited for the Champions League this year. I think it's gonna be a fun one.
0: Okay, perfect. Me too. And again, we get to cover it. So, guys, for anything that you might miss, we're kicked back. We're uh, we got basically all you have to do is kick back, and we do the work, yeah. and we have fun, and we have talking and, and we get to talk about it, and we want to do it with you guys. So, stay tuned for everything. All right, Liam, you, uh, you want to give us a quick update and maybe predictions on the Prem that we have this weekend. I will be playing in my first pickup football game in, I think, like, eight years. So I hope that when I come back for the episode next week, I'm not in, like, a cast with <laughs> severely torn muscles because knowing me, I'm going to go crazy. But uh, so, I'm going to so, channel my inner hungman son.
2: How are you feeling about the game? Like, uh, how are you feeling about just playing again.
0: So excited. It's yeah. so funny. Mike said to me this morning, which is my husband. He said to me this morning, "Caroline, like I don't know if you know we should play." And I'm like, "What do you mean we shouldn't play?" He Does goes, "Mike play, sir?" Mike's going to play. And okay. I actually think that if Mike played the sport, he would be professional. Oh, he's a very
2: athletic looking guy. He is man, very so. athletic
0: and the guy's never played soccer and he can his execution is not normal. It's He's just one of those people who's very good at everything. So he's playing, but I think he's worried about me because he knows I have no chill. Mm. And I think he doesn't want me to get injured. But the good news is, is he's a physiotherapist. So if oh, I do man. get injured, you know, I have him to, to help me out. But this to me is like the World Cup. I'm so excited. <laughs> I have my cleats ready, my special socks, you know, all my good luck things. So I'll let you know how, I, I'll let you know if it's absolutely uh, rubbish, as the English would say, or... If I do well, so yeah, that'll be well, next uh,
2: episode. Yeah, we'll keep you locked in on Tuesday for that one. I, I know, like, just quickly, I don't play competitive anymore, and I play in this co-ed pickup every few yeah. weeks. And, like, when I play, I have so much fun because I don't play every single week, yeah. you know, so it's not as repetitive, and I just think it's like, oh, I miss this so much, but... What position? I always just play striker. Nice. Because I... I guess I'm like skilled enough to like kind of play it around a little bit. I'm also not in shape enough to play anywhere else anymore. Stop, you're so. great. So
0: <laughs> what What player, this is funny, what player do you think you would say your game is, emulates?
2: Oh boy. Nowadays, like, I honestly, here's a fun one. I would just go with someone like Danny Ings. who plays for Chelsea
0: <laughs> yeah. because
2: he literally just like, just tries to score goals and that's nice. all I try and do. Like I... I don't do the dribbling as much anymore. Like, I'm pretty good at my long passes yeah, still. Yeah. I got that in Maysok, Pirlo. <laughs> <Pure low.
0: laughs> oh, my God. You'd be an absolute baller if you
2: were like Pirlo. So, there you go. I'm Danny Ings and uh, Andre Perlo. I, there you go. <laughs> that's a pretty good duo, a duo if you ask me, right?
0: <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Chelsea, uh, nice derby coming up this weekend. You want to give everyone the preview?
2: Yeah. Like, I think this is the game of the weekend in the Premier League. Chelsea-Tottenham, like, it's really... I kind of, you like having these ones early in the season, but I wish it was just a couple of weeks away when these teams are both kind of in full swing. It's a like, good point. You know, but it'll be fun right away. Chelsea are going to have to be better than they were against Everton last week. They were not creating chances. Like I wrote down on this, like, and I said it the other day on the show, Mason Mount, I didn't know he was playing until he was substituted. Like he just wasn't involved <laughs> at all. And it, for a guy that has the World Cup coming in less than a hundred days, like... He's likely gonna start for England. He did it at the Euros anyway. He'll be he'll be involved. He needs to get going for Chelsea and they need to figure out a way for him to be involved. And like even with Sterling there now, like you'd think there'd be some chemistry there. Like they both play for England at the World Glass World Cup and the Euros. And Havertz, I didn't think was that involved. And for Chelsea to win this game, like, they've got to have some attack. and Everton, they got the penalty and that was kind of it. Like, yeah. I think that might have been their only shot on target, to be honest, the whole game. And they, I said it as well, like, they're probably talented enough to compete with Chelsea, uh, with City and Liverpool, but they just don't push themselves, and it's disappointing. And so that's one <laughs> thing I have on there. But one thing on the other end of a team who does attack Tottenham, I'm excited to see their front three go against Thiago Silva and Koulibaly. I think it'll be a real test for both For both sides to see where the strengths of both teams like who's more stronger in those positions and and this game I think it's almost like a battle for th- third place so early in the season like I do think Tottenham can stick with City and Liverpool for most of the year but I could also see them tailing off towards the end I just don't know if they have enough talent yet to kind of put them up there with the two of them but I like Tottenham to win this one, but one player I wanted to talk about on Tottenham was uh, Ryan Sessegnon.
0: Okay. Tell so, us why.
2: So he's a young player. I think he's only 22, 23. He's been at Tottenham for quite a while now since okay. he was 18 from Fulham. He's got his first goal in Southampton and he seems to be, seems like he's going to be a bit of a presence in this team. I really think he's got a chance to play for England at the World Cup.
0: Well, every time, every time we're on the show, you kind of name drop guys who are going to be playing for England in the World Cup and we all, we all know them, but it in my mind, where my mind goes to I'm like, England has a stacked team. Yeah, yeah they do. And <laughs>
2: one, the one position they're really lacking to know is left back. Okay. Like they have, and this is where Session Young plays. He was playing left wing back for Spurs the other day. And it was his first goal he scored for them in the Premier League. And I just think that confidence is going to help of him. Of course, and it's the, huge. The way he was playing was so he was so involved and so aggressive for them. And I really like the way he was on top every time um, he was playing against Kyle Walker Peters on, on who used to actually be on Tottenham. I feel like they would have probably gone each other in training every now and then. And he shut him down big time. Like he had a couple of chances, but for the most part, like he was right on top of him aggressive in his tackles. And with Luke Shaw being not so great for United and like Ben Chilwell for Chelsea is you never know what his health's gonna be like. Like I feel like right. Session Young could really, really put himself in the conversation.
0: Would you like to see it?
2: I would love to see it. Okay. I love seeing these young guys break into the Me England too. team. And yeah. I just think it brings a bit more flair and excitement to the game. Like these guys have so much to prove where like at a much, I like Luke Shaw scored the only goal for England in the Euro final. And I just don't know if he's at that level like he was then. So I really think this is an opportunity for Sessignon to prove against England's. One England star is in either Sterling or Mason Mount that he can play against these guys and he can play that level. And I mean, like he's playing with Harry Kane, who's the captain of England. Like you don't think he'd be able to put in a good word for him if you really needed <laughs> to. Like, so that that's the that's the key game for me this weekend in the Premier League. And there's a couple other good ones, but yeah, early in the season, like well, it's a bit of a treat to have a London derby.
0: And last season, Chelsea finished third, Tottenham finished fourth, so you know there's just that level of competition and it being a Derby in itself, you know that both teams are going to come, if it's, you know, the second game of the season or it's the second last game of the season, they're going to come out with everything
2: in the tank. Conte going against his old team in Chelsea as well. So that's another, another piece of the layer there. Have Um, you ever been to a Derby? I have been to Bolton versus Manchester United, which is a derby. And Bolton lost big time. I think it was the final was 4-0.
0: If you guys were playing United now, you guys would win. A (laughs) hundred percent.
2: But it it was fun. Like sometimes when you go to those games, you've almost just got to. And this is the way I felt like at the time, I kind of knew they were going to lose because this was when United had... Rooney was playing Ronaldo, Berbatov scores, oh, gigs Berbatov, like yes. the list was endless, and it's just you kind of sat there and you've almost just got to realize what you're yeah. a, a watching and appreciate it a little bit. And obviously, you never want to see your team lose. And Bolton have beaten United in the past, and I, I've been fortunate to witness it mostly on the telly, but <laughs> it, it's fun. It's fun to see and like the it's like I said last week when I said United needs to be better, like. I feel like the Premier League is missing a bit of that spice with teams like the the derbies I grew up with. With watching a Manchester City and United derby where they would literally just kick each other for 90 minutes. And even the rivalries of Arsenal United and Chelsea Arsenal as well was a good one too. And I just want to see that come back. Um, I'm looking forward to watching Chelsea and Fulham this year. That's a good derby I I kind of enjoy. And the way Fulham played against Liverpool, I feel like they're going to have no hesitation to just try and kick Chelsea off the park if they need to.
0: I love it. Just quickly going back to you bringing up United made me want to check... So, August 22nd, Man United plays Liverpool, and fans are trying to boycott the game. Right. So, there's been a hashtag going out. Hashtag empty Old Trafford Because the fans are like We're done with the Glazers And we want to boycott the game We want an empty stadium Obviously against A Manchester United Liverpool game Is probably one of the best games You could go to
2: Yeah I think a lot of people Are mock that on one on the calendar and Even, even as a pissed. neutral fan Yeah and, and.
0: Like what At what point Like Man United fans Must be at the point of just We don't give an F And just stop watching the games. That's how frustrated they are. It's been going on
2: for a while with the Glazers. Like, they made FC United, which was a basically it's just a fan-made team. They were, they were in the old United colors and all this stuff. And I just, I think United fans, I get it.
0: But. Relax.
2: Support your team. Man. Chill the like, hell out. Your team's in such a bad, bad spot on the field. And they get it off the field, that stuff. But they're not selling the team. I'll tell you right now, the Glazers are not selling the team. It doesn't matter how many people don't go to the game. Cause even if half of you don't go, the other half will still go because little Timmy wants to go and watch his favorite team play. And while you're all protesting outside of old Trafford, wearing your brand new Manchester United shirts, which you did last week, while you're all carrying around that Glazers out banner, that isn't helping either. Like if you, I just, if you don't want to go fine but I just don't think it's going to work. And as someone whose team was literally hours away from going out of existence, just appreciate it. Just appreciate that you have a club. Like, Barry fans probably want to go and watch their team play now, and they can't because they don't exist.
0: I, I That's so well said. I'm already imagining how well that's going to do on social media. Liam talking to the people of Manchester. And we'll see how that goes over. But Yeah, I guess... You're one, right, though. You're I, absolutely right. And again... The way we said this last, like, on our show, that the way a season starts can be very different than the way the season ends. If we are midway through the season and this is happening, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm with United fans. But right now, just, you know, take it easy. Breathe.
2: I will say one thing on United, and you won't like this. You might. They won't. <laughs> Manchester United are an average team with a big stadium right now.
0: I feel it's a very... uh accurate statement I I
2: heard that on a podcast the other day and I'm going to take credit for it (laughs) (laughs) it was just
0: like I never
2: thought of it that way because I always think United is like they're a massive team they were up there with Real Madrid as like on a brand level yeah iconic they they are they have so much history but right now they're not that team anymore and you got to support the players like losing 2-1 to Bryant isn't as embarrassing as everybody made it seem very good team you're just as good as them.
0: I think they're frustrated. I think that's what's happened. It's it's frustration. And
2: I I think if it wasn't the first game of the season, it wouldn't have been blown out of proportion like it was. But everyone made it seem like the world had ended. We spoke about it with (laughs) was. There was a lot of positives to take away. This week (laughs) we played Brentford away from home.
0: This game's huge. I was just about to say, if they lose this game and it's a painful game to watch, I actually think hashtag empty Old Trafford might be a a situation. Yeah.
2: Then maybe we're having a different conversation next week. But, I just think no win. Like I, just, I don't know. I just sometimes How, like, you need that, right? Sometimes you need a bit of a wake up call. Like even Ten Hag, like I said, it like the Ericsson playing striker was weird. Maybe this week he just changes it up. Like he's seen, he's seen what this team is now. Like he knows yeah. McTominay and Fred aren't the players that they were in preseason. It's like okay, well, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and this team's gonna be different. Yeah, hopefully. Like I, we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday.
0: I, uh, I'd love Cristiano Ronaldo to come out and score a hat trick.
2: I would too. I would just want to. I just don't want to hear it. Like I'll be honest. I just, I just am so tired of talking about United for the last like three
0: years. Like actually, I love that take. I love that take because it's true. It's about them. If they're at the top, if they're at the bottom, if they're in the slums, if there's drama, if there's no drama, it's always a, they're the main character of the Premier League. A
2: hundred percent, and rightfully so. Yeah, they've earned that spot. But there's a lot of other good games going on this weekend. Brighton <laughs> Newcastle is a great one. Arsenal Leicester will be really fun. I guess quickly. I'll talk about the other two I wanted to talk yeah, yeah Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So Nottingham Forest, first Premier League game since 1999. So I went I actually did do research on this one. Mm-hmm. Last Premier League win. This is okay. So when they were in the Premier League in 1999, they finished last. They got relegated. Okay. Their last game of the season and the last home game they had, they won one 0 against Leicester. <laughs> Chris Bart Williams scored the only goal that game. So that season they won seven games total. I believe they had nine draws and however many losses that is. So this feels like a very, excuse me, a suffering season. They had two wins in their first three games. That's really good. Keep your mind they had seven all season. They then had three in a row to end the season. So they had between August and late April... They had two wins in that entire gap. Oh my goodness. I hope nothing in forest fans that you have a much better season. And you don't have to go through that much suffering again. And I think you will. And if I was a betting man, which I am, <laughs> <laughs> I would put my money on forest winning this weekend against West Ham. Okay. I think just the momentum of being at home. We saw it last week with Bournemouth beating Aston Villa, which is the next team I want to talk to. I think they'll get it done. I hope not. I You hope not? I want
0: West Ham to uh, be the dark horse.
2: I like West Ham too. And I I like David Moyes because I think he was really good when he was at Everton. He got a raw deal at Manchester United, like every manager has through there. But after this, West Ham have Brighton at home. Aston Villa, Tottenham, Chelsea, and Newcastle. That is an incredibly <laughs> hard...
0: Pretty average. Then, you know,
2: like, And then you put on there that they already played City, playing Forest in their first yeah. Premier League home game since 99. Like, that is a difficult task. But I'm still backing Forest. But you think they're up for it? I think, I think if West Ham won, I wouldn't be shocked at yeah. all. They have a great team. But I just, I don't know. I got that feeling about Forest last week. Maybe a bit of stage fright. They're going to look at that tape... And then like, okay, we can't do this, this, and this, but this was good, this was, this was yeah. good. Forrest have a good enough goalie. Jesse Lingard's good. They got a bunch of other good players too. I'm excited for this game. I think this is actually one I'll uh, key in on over the weekend. And the last one I wanted to talk about, and I texted you last night and said I might go on a bit of a
0: rant about Steven Gerrard. Please, we love Steven Gerrard rants. I'm going to hold it until no. next time. No? The anticipation. Okay. You can. You can if you. I, it, okay. This Does is, this rant. Is it better if it's before the matches this weekend or after?
2: Um, I'll just do it. Do it. Go uh, ahead. I th- Talk I to the people. I feel like either way, it's not going to be what I I hope. So I think Stephen Gerrard is coming quickly overrated as a manager. And I think. <laughs>
0: I love how you just put in as a manager. I'm like, for a second, I'm like, wait, what do you mean as a player? As a
2: player, <laughs> he is one of the best England midfielders
0: yeah. ever. Okay,
2: good. Sorry, continue. So he has a 10. He won 10 games in 29 at um, Aston Villa manager. And since he took over, I believe it was November 11th or something like that last year. The teams he's beat. He's beat Brighton twice. Crystal Palace, Leicester, Norwich twice, Everton, Southampton, Leeds, and Burnley twice. Right. Leicester is the only good team in that group. He just can't beat the top six. And this season, Aston Villa, like t- people are talking about them like making Europe and all this stuff. I just don't see it at all. Like I just don't see Gerard as a good enough manager yet to get them over the hump. They have only won two of their last, I believe it was f- 12 games or something like that. And those wins came against Norwich and Burnley who both got relegated last season. I just think for how much money he spent, which is just, just south of 74 million <laughs> since he got there, he needs to be better as a yeah. manager. And this weekend, it's I didn't even realize this at first, but we have Gerrard versus Lampard. Oh, sick. In Villa versus Everton, which is a huge game for both teams. Love it. I do think Aston Villa will come out on top. Okay. And if they don't, They've just lost to two teams who are likely in a relegation battle this season. And if that's the case, like, should we not be considering them for one of the relegation battle teams? I don't think so, because I think their team should be more talented than that. But I think Gerard could be one of the names that gets sacked first.
0: That'd be crazy. But in your opinion, what does Gerard need to do to become a better manager? At least this season.
2: I think he'd like Coutinho was invisible against Bournemouth. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah. and like this guy's played for Barcelona. He's played for Liverpool. Like he's played uh, he, at World he, Cups. Uh, honest like, to
0: God, it was crazy what happened
2: with him. Yeah. He should have never lived left Liverpool. Never. Ever. And I just, I would like to see them just have a more attacking, attacking threat to the team. Like, they, I feel like they do a lot with the ball, but there's the execution is so poor and like they have Danny Ings, they have Leon Bailey, Coutinho, Jacob Ramsey's a really good midfielder as well, and the talent is there for them to be a European team, but I don't know if the manager is the right guy to wow. get them to that. I love that.
0: Yet. Well, that's why I think Zinedine Zidane goes down as iconic in in that role because he was one of the v- best footballers we've ever seen play. And then he goes into a coaching position and didn't he win three titles in a row? Three with, Champions yeah, leads, yeah, for yeah, Real did. Madrid. So he's iconic in that sense. It's not easy for a player to go into a coaching position. And even though they were successful in their playing career, find success as a manager. Yeah. I mean, even Maradona to me is the greatest of all time, unless Messi is able to win the World Cup in Qatar. When he coached the Argentinian national team, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. He played with like no back line. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so truly something to it, behold. It's interesting how it works out, but hopefully Gerard I I want him to. Yeah. I, him to have I success. like him. He's a nice guy. Didn't he also want to help Liverpool last season? Didn't he say he's gonna do everything he because can? Because
2: their last game of the season yes. was against Manchester City. Yes. And they were winning two nil. And within five minutes, it was three two City. Yeah. And City won I the remember league. that it was crazy. So that would have been an iconic win for them. Oh,
0: I remember that because I think Liverpool at that point in time was losing.
2: They were drawing one one okay. with Wolves because Wolves scored in like the first right. three and minutes then of the
0: game. I checked the Aston Villa game and I'm like, oh my god, yeah. they can do it. And then yeah, City just completely just just did. yeah, just did City. disregarded they just them, did
2: what they did. Oh, um, yes,
0: I remember that was. But I love Gerard for that. I love that he has the the ability to kind of take a step back and be like Liverpool's where I had some of the biggest success and mm. I respect the fan base and I respect the club and I'm going to do everything I can to help to win too bad they couldn't get it done but that would have been I remember watching that now I'm nostalgic I'm like that would have been the craziest thing we've seen in a while it was an iconic Premier League moment for yeah. sure. on Gerard, I have two final things okay he's
2: capable of it I would like to add okay. that okay he did it at Rangers. He won the league with them, ending Celtic's run, I think it was nine straight, or whatever it was. Like, he's capable of being magic and getting Villa to the next level. These are their next few games. So they have Everton this weekend, okay. which is the early game. Then they have Crystal Palace away, which will be tough. Okay. West Ham, Arsenal, Manchester City, oh, damn. Leicester. And then I would say that next winnable game is Southampton. Which is seven games away.
0: So they got to get cracking here. They
2: got to get some results. They have to beat Everton this week. Okay. They have to. And then you have, have Palace away, which would be tough. And then you have West Ham, Arsenal, City.
0: Well, we'll definitely talk about that on Tuesday then.
2: Yes, we, ha- we have we to. We have to. And if it, if they win, then we're having a different conversation.
0: Who's your dark horse in the prim- Premier League this year? Did you say it last Newcastle. Newcastle.
2: I don't think they'll win the league by any means, but I really do think but do they'll well. do well. Um, I like Brighton, and I, I I like Leeds. Okay. I feel like they did enough business and made it Jesse Marsh's team that they, they can have a good mid-table finish, which is good for them considering they almost got relegated yeah. last season. So I think we'll see the Leeds from two years ago when they came to the Premier League rather than the Leeds from last season, which almost left the Premier League. Love it.
0: Well, guys, a lot of amazing games this weekend in the Premier League across Serie A too. Just, you know, check out all fixtures and matches that you can possibly The ones that you can't watch, I'm sure we'll cover on the show. We'll be back next Tuesday and Thursday, giving you all the latest and greatest in the football world. And yeah, that's it. Liam, don't ever get a coffee with an espresso. Lesson learned. (laughs) That's a wrap for another episode of Kicked Back, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kicked Back content, follow the 90th minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time.
1: Target.